Here they come, your Camarda wealth leaders, slashing taxes, dominating risks, relentlessly pursuing profits, protecting your assets, and keeping you in stitches while leading to greater riches. Your Camarda wealth leaders with Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda, Sonia Embraceable U. Elia, Rob Bulmu Shevlin, also known as the financial anesthesiologist, you'll see why, and me, Jeff, I want to be a doctor, Camarda. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER, Camarda Wealth Education Radio. Let's face it, wealth matters to living a longer, better life for you and your family. Our goal is to painlessly educate you with uncommonly shrewd advice to help grow and protect your wealth. And while we aim to keep you laughing all the way to the bank, never imagine we're not dead serious about money. Jonathan Camarda is a certified private wealth advisor, certified financial planner, chartered market technician, chartered financial consultant, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified in mutual funds. Jeff is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a master's of science in financial services, and is a PhD student in the American College's financial and retirement planning doctoral program. Besides being Camarda's chairman and chief investment officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team believes deeply in financial education and expertise and is proud to have Dr. Tang Bray as our chief financial analyst, who is also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services as described in our boring end of the show disclosure. Folks, welcome back to Camarda Wealth Education Radio. This is Jeff. I want to be a Dr. Camarda here with uh, Sonia Embraceable U. Elia, Rob Bullmooshevlin, also known as a financial anesthesiologist. Financial anesthesiologist. Boy, boy, you sounded wide awake that time, Rob. And Johnny Hotstocks, Camarda. Um, and we have a very, very interesting and timely show for you this week, folks. Uh, um, we're going to be focusing mostly on the market. Um, the uh, instability uh, that's really been brewing, if you've listened to the show, uh, in our opinion, all year, and uh, really began to reach a crescendo, we think, last week, uh, talking about some new IRS rules uh, to uh, that are going to curtail the ability of the affluent to reduce gift and estate taxes. So uh, that may be, if, if you um, the, think you may uh, be subject to estate taxes, pay particular attention because that's, uh, that's a pretty... Um, the, the significant change. Uh, also, uh, talking about some some ways that your stockbroker, your excuse me, these days we call them financial advisor, your financial advisor working for a stock brokerage firm, uh, may be making money uh, off of you that uh, that you're not aware of, and uh, kind of surprising the level of, uh, of profitability uh, that uh, the source is. Uh, um, has produced. So let's uh, really get into uh, um, the the meat of the show. Last week was pretty dramatic. Uh, we saw saw a wide uh, sell off uh, with uh, with Thursday, particularly uh, being uh, quite severe. Biggest drop uh, for the Dow was it this year, Jonathan, or actually yes. since last October, right? Right, definitely for this year. So uh, what do you think? Now, there's a lot of um, the, a lot of factors that are producing. Um, this uh, this correction and and uh, you, you really see the beginning of a correction now. Or what's what's your opinion? You're a chief technical analyst. Tell us what the charts are telling you. 
Yeah, yeah, actually a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty nice fall coming. A pretty, a, a pretty nice fall. Yeah. So the bo- it's been like let's say globally, uh, they've been falling pretty much since late spring. China began after its rush up, and generally, t- China, if you watch it closely historically, does generally lead to U.S. Markets, which are overvalued anyway, as we've talked about, especially the large cap. Value. I didn't realize that China was leading indicator Absolutely. now for U.S. markets. Last twenty years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I got to catch up on my fortune cookies. Well, if you look at ninety-seven, ninety-eight, <laughs> the Asian currency <laughs> crisis led to our tech crash. The uh, so China, Absolutely. you know, as of last week, and I haven't looked at the numbers uh, lately, but still was up fifteen percent on a year, trouncing the U.S. market, which I, th- I think the Dow's down maybe now four-ish, something like that. Uh, but certainly China has, uh, you know, with a currency devaluation and a lot of problems they have there, perhaps has a lot further to fall. I think it's interesting to, 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 to note again, as we have pretty much all year, that this bull market is getting to be pretty old. This bull market survives. Uh, it will turn seven years old next March, having uh, begun in, the, in the, the, the smoldering remains of the 2008 meltdown in March of 2009. Uh, and that's about six months. About six months from now, it'll be seven years old if it survives. Now, I think we'll all agree it's been a very productive and prolonged upward run. Uh, but there are many good reasons, even before you know the the recent instability, to predict that we may be uh, nearing time for a breather and maybe um, the, maybe quite a significant breather. Uh, as you mentioned, Jonathan, the global economic landscape in China and also a lot of other places. Uh, continues to be continues to be quite spotty, uh, and uh, with a morphine drip of zero U.S. interest rates possibly coming to a close, and I'm not convinced now that they're going to raise rates in September after you know recent developments. We'll see, but it's 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 pretty inevitable. Um, and most important, average stock values um, have really gotten ahead of themselves for pretty much the first time since this bull grew some horns. The, uh, um, the we're still even with the recent drop above the long-term average valuation on the S&P 500. Rob, you, um, the, and, and I, I, I take this at risk of people running to clutch their pillows, um, you are <laughs> all, the all, also an avid student and have been for years uh, of the markets. Tell me what, uh, what you know, your impression of what's going on is. Well, you know, as, as you see what's going on out there, I mean, there's clearly – you know, people have been talking about the concern because of the, the low interest rates, uh, you know, the, the geopolitical situation, you know, oil, oil and gas has been, you know, really at uh, very low rates. I was shocked. You know, I'm not one who follows And will probably continue to plunge. You know, Barron's a couple of weeks ago called uh, maybe a bottom in the commodities market and uh, think it might be a good time to buy oil. And usually I agree with Barron's, but I think they're dead wrong on that. Uh, you know, I'm not one who likes metals, but I was really surprised. You know, I hadn't tracked gold in a while, but I was even looking at the price of gold, you know, earlier this week in the 1130s. And, you know, comparing that to where the highs are makes you wonder if that's going to be something that's poised for a comeback or not. I know you look at some of those things, CJ. Uh, you have any impression on that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think gold in a very short term could have a bounce. Uh, Especially up to the microphone, Golden Boys. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure that in the long term, uh, but I do agree with you. I think gold uh, certainly is finally acting like gold, as you saw last week. Um, you know, when the market really started to take a hit, and gold finally uh, provided some safe haven. So I definitely agree in the short term with you. So I think the gold member effect really is. You know, gold has dropped significantly from the highs, which were 1800 something like that, a couple of years ago. 
Um, and, uh, it, you know, there's a piece in a, in a journal last week, it's behaving like gold again. You know, it's a, it's a haven in times of fear and uncertainty, you know, which is probably the, also the reason that Treasury securities, you know, T-bills and bonds pop significantly. Um, you know, it certainly is possible that, that stocks after this, you know, uh, if this becomes a correction, you know, and widely that, 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 that I think the benchmark is 10%. Jonathan, is that the definition right. of a correction? Yes. And we're not quite there yet. You know, the market has been very volatile this year, bouncing up and down. We're still pretty close to record levels. You know, a lot of folks don't appreciate that. Even with the drop, you know, the, the Dow and the, the S&P 500 are sitting close to all-time highs. Um, but even if, if, uh, the, you know, if they recover from this, uh, um, this instability, um, the, um, the, and again, the, 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 we, I, I think it's fairly clear that the easy money is gone for a while from the U.S. markets, and successful investors that are sensitive to near-term performance uh, really have to be a lot more selective in making portfolio decisions. You know, indexing has become extremely popular, and we'll, we'll carry that a bit over the break. Um, but again, we're, this is going to—we'll be focusing on uh, on the stock market for most of this segment, and uh, uh, we should give uh, Sonia thanks for reminding me, folks, the opportunity. Ne- if never before, now is the time. You probably want to read our brand new reports, uh, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. You know, a lot of folks uh, are probably in the jaws of a couple of the dangers that are explored uh, in this uh, in this, uh, this small book now um, and uh, could get quite a bit worse as the uh, this correction unfolds. Um, so if, if never before, now is the time, I think, to call in and get yourself uh, um, the, the, the benefit of this free education to better arm yourself to protect your portfolio for you and your loved ones going forward. You can get this uh, um, the, this free report, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them, by calling us at 800-262-1083. That's 800-262-1083. So, uh, Jonathan, really, you know, and, and this will be a short bit before we, we roll over the break, um, but it's been a, up till now, I think most people would agree, it's been an easy market. Um, anybody, you know, the a rising tide has left it all boats, and the market has floated up, and in fact, uh, um, indexing has become all the rage. A lot of folks think that it doesn't matter, stock pickers are, uh, are anachronisms. Uh, and I know that you don't consider us to be anachronistic, so tell me what your view is on the importance of stock selection going forward. Yeah, no, I think that uh, you're absolutely right, Jeff. In fact, that if you look at historically when rates have gone up, and it's not necessarily the uh, what the rate is actually at, but the ROC called the rate of change, when the rate of change increases at a decent pace, uh, which from zero, even a quarter point is a decent change. Change, change of what now? There's a change in the interest rates, rates okay. right. So if the Fed moves the rates up historically, uh, then stock selection becomes uh, more attractive than indexing. And so what you've seen is the classic cyclical case by indexers, the same case that gold bugs made a few years ago that you need to stay still have the commercials now. You hear them. Well, what they don't understand is it's all cyclical. There's certain times when the wave's high, it's good to surf. Indexing is good when rates are low. And then when it comes in, it's not good to bring your board out or indexing essentially uh, can lead to uh, some tough results. So I think like anything else, I think we are entering a cycle uh, where that wave is uh, getting to the point where you want to have a good stock picker at your helm. Well, sp- spoken like a true Elliott Wave advocate. So uh, we'll carry that over the love break. Elliot. <laughs> Who doesn't love Elliott? T.S. Uh, well, 
that, I don't, that's, uh, that's the poetry of the singing market or something like that. Stay with you, Camardo Wealth Education uh, Radio Leaders. We'll be back, folks, right after the break. Stay with us. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions or to request free white papers or other educational materials or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matter, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down, folks. 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie Alpha, Mike Alpha, Romeo, Delta Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and other ways we can think that you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA, that's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review now. Folks, you're back uh, with the Commodity Wealth Education Radio leaders and continuing the discussion wither the market from here. Uh, and uh, before the break, we're talking about uh, the indexing and how well, a very strong bull market for nearly seven years has uh, lifted nearly everything. Uh, it's been an indexer's paradise, uh, but that may be the times may be a changing. Uh, and uh, when things get difficult like this, interest rate changes and a lot of other factors, um, the stock picking really uh, can, uh, uh, can be a major um, adjunct to, um, the, to portfolio growth. You know? and, and, uh, um, you know, and again, just to summarize, indexing is really buying an entire market instead of trying to pick superior stocks. And again, it became extremely fashionable over the past uh, at least six years uh, with active investing t- stock pickers uh, like Warren Buffett, widely viewed as passe. Now, we feel those days are past, strongly feel that, on uh, that st- uh, smart stock selection uh, going forward will be the key to success in what's become an overvalued and, and somewhat unstable market, which really faces increasing headwinds, as you know, we talked about and we'll talk a bit more about later in the show. And a good example of the goal of this approach, uh, which most uh, listeners uh, um, are familiar with, is the stock Precision Cast Parts, PCP, which Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway recently agreed to buy for something like, what, $37 billion, something like that. It's Berkshire's biggest deal ever. Um, And we were fortunate, Camarda's Columbia portfolio, that we've talked about a number of times on this program, one of my personal favorites, uh, which seeks to buy great companies trading for lots less than our estimate of fair value, acquired the stock some time ago and has been sitting on it in anticipation of this kind of a value capture event. Now, whether you're a fundamental analyst, as I am, or a technical analyst, uh, as Jonathan is, um, I think we would both agree that some stocks, um, be, for a variety of factors, are likely to do better than others in any given market. Don't you, Jonathan? Yeah, absolutely. Did you care to expand on that, John? Uh, yeah, so certainly. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Well, you thank, you very much for con- uh, thank you very much for confirming what I already knew. The, uh, <laughs> that clock's at eight, not zero. Yeah. Good. All right. Um, 
Yeah, no, I am tend to be a little verbose, folks. So, but yes, yeah, so uh, I thank you very much for that. Uh, right, I on. believe that uh, during, <laughs> yeah, during turbulent times, certainly uh, you know, kind of bellwether uh, blue chips, even you know, like right now, the dollar kind of showing a little bit of weakness and, and a little bit of a wave of weakness here. Uh, you know, large cap, predictable stocks, uh, utilities uh, come back into the light. So, like Jeff was mentioning. When you're purely indexing, you have everything, and certainly it's disadvantageous sometimes to hold a basket of everything. And the other thing I would add in my final point on indexing is generally most indices uh, add the most attractive and well-performing positions. If you notice very subtly, and on the larger ones, you probably don't even hear about it, like the Dow. On a Russell 2000, you have no idea. They add positions of uh, equities that are doing really well, and it tends to be in sectors that get overweighted. So during large drops, that's why indexes really perform, you know, give you very little protection because they're usually overweighted in sectors that are the most overvalued. Well, I think that's kind, of a, that's kind of a function of the way they're constructed. You haven't got you know, some right. fiend so, behind the index that's, that's trying to, to, to dupe people into following the index because he's uh, No, it's like not, it. but it ends up duping in that if you, get in, if you get lulled into the idea that index is the only so way, the, so, the, the so the winners tend to carry the index. Index and look like it's the index that's really doing well when, in fact, it's the, the big winners in the index that are propping up the others. That but at the point. very worst time, you're overweighted in sectors that are going to fall the farthest. Yeah. It happened in a tech bubble. It happened in a financial crisis. So let's, you know, talk, you know, in, in a, the, the way that the folks can understand clearly, you know, the stock selection. You say we have two oil companies, and oil's out of favor right now. And, and But you, it's very possible oil company A um, is, uh, is trading really cheap. They're making a lot of money. Their cost of productions are low. Um, and it's a good deal. And oil company B, perhaps, um, is, is way overvalued. They have expensive production. They have a lawsuit pending. They have other you know, side businesses that are bleeding cash. So oil company A could be a much better buy than company B. And from the fundamental position that looking at the numbers, they're making more money. They've got more free cash flow. They can buy back more stock, whatever. It's just a good cash generator. Or from a technical perspective, it looks better on the chart for, for a variety of reasons. That probably fundamentally tie back to the fundamentals, but the, the chart tells you different things at different times. But either way, a, a shrewd stock picker will focus in on company A and buy it and, and probably be rewarded for that. A will likely go up and B may go down. Right, Jonathan? Yeah, no, absolutely. So tying in fundamentals and technicals, uh, you know, definitely go to the CFA program. Uh, one of my technical indicators, actually, which I wasn't as appreciative until recently, was is following stocks during either falling and rising interest rate themes, whether they're using uh, last in or first in as far as their inventory. And generally, there, there are technical indicators that look at first in, first out during rising rates actually produce different results than last in, first out. So basically, the way the company keeps its books, right. if you dig in, can tell you a lot, and some you know, may right. be hiding stuff, and, and, and if, you, if you really dig in, you can find you know, valuable nuggets that can help you make more money. Rob, you have a, a, you have a comment on that before? Well, I was uh, going to say that you know, part of being good at being a stock picker is also being very disciplined you know, and sticking to your discipline. You know, a lot of people don't always necessarily do that, and they make, you know, erroneous. They they buy things at the wrong time because they didn't follow, you know, their discipline. You know, one of the things, you know, Jonathan, you manage some of our tactical portfolios, and I've been looking at what some other tactical managers have been doing out there, and they've been. Uh, some of them are going more to cash because they're not finding as many buys that they would want to make because they're sticking to their knitting. And haven't you done something similar to that in the pe- recent? Right. Recently? So, yeah, like our tactical stock portfolio is 
you know, close to uh, 50, 55% cash. Right? So long as he's not sticking his knitting needles into a market coupie doll or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, no Ray Donovan episode. <laughs> the, uh, um, so let's, uh, um, the, uh, uh, you know, kind of help folks to appreciate where to go going forward. You know, stock picking, we think, is really going to be the way to make money going forward. Um, and if you haven't already looked at your portfolio, uh, with the kind of microscopic lens that the free report that we offer can help you to uh, to develop. Uh, and if you haven't got that yet, you might want to call in. Uh, the time has probably never been better uh, to really uh, look at what you have and, and see if it makes sense to shift it to a different sort of uh, um, portfolio plan that, that might help you better profit from the changes uh, that seem to be coming now. Um, but I think for most people, you know, the, the, the biggest, most important advice is um, if a correction is coming, um, the, the, probably the best thing you can do is not to panic, right? And if you are a, uh, um, a longer-term investor, your investment horizon is long enough that you don't need to sell for groceries next week. There's no need to liquidate most of your account in the near term. Um, you probably will do better riding it out. Um, and uh, because you can't really have the soaring highs, you know, without the dips. That's just the nature of the market and, uh, um, and the essence of volatility. So uh, um, if you are um, uh, able to hang on uh, to, the, to your portfolio, kind of get used to the fact that a correction sooner or later is going to come. Corrections of bear markets are normal and necessary, and if anything, should be viewed as buying opportunities and not reasons to run. And for most folks, you know, Jonathan is, is really quite a good technical analyst, but, but most uh, um, investors and, and brokers and advisors are not. And timing is extremely difficult to predict that buying low after a drop is a lot easier to figure out than trying to sell high uh, before a drop, which may not occur as expected. Uh, as expected, people may think it's a high and their drop is coming, and then it goes a lot higher, and they're in cash, and they miss out, and waiting for it to come back down and put their money back in. And sometimes years go by, and they never, never do that. So again, if you if you haven't got their report yet, folks, this is really probably in the most important time for you to spend a few minutes getting this education to arm yourself for the changes that are likely to come. You can get your free copy of the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them by calling us at eight hundred. Two six two one zero eight three. That's eight hundred two six two one zero eight three. In the minute twenty that we have left in the segment, Sonia, we haven't heard much from you. So bring your sing-song voice over to uh, to the microphone and give us your take on um, on some of this discussion. You you are in the, talking to clients on, on, on a daily basis. Uh, you see a lot of trepidation or concern. What's uh, what's your read on this? I actually had two calls this week from clients who are bringing in checks to invest more money right now. Only two? Only two. Pray tell. Now, what's, uh, what's this story? Sonia, what's the story? Well, just they have some extra cash, they, and they see this so as a good time. So they're not afraid of it? So they're taking advantage of this, right. this, this big dip, perhaps, to what... Uh, load up on some cheap shares. Yes, very excited to invest more money right now. Just out of, out of curiosity, have you counseled them as to which portfolios uh, they're, uh, are most appropriate, or haven't you had that discussion yet? We'll be doing that when they come in with the checks. So, uh, you know, for those, again, if it was my money, you know, that uh, the, the areas that, that are of greatest interest to me are these selective stock portfolios where we really concentrate on 
20 names that we think are just going to outperform, as Columbia has year-to-date. I haven't got fresh numbers. I will have to carry that uh, for after the segment. Folks, stay with your Camarda Wealth Education leaders as we continue this scintillating prediction of what's to come in the stock market. Stay with Camarda Wealth Education Radio. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antlin' Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Ladies right here on this station. This show is recorded, but you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish or want free reports or other educational materials. Uh, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A.